we're ready for our next guest on FT Live uh, from the Yankees organization here. Single A Tampa, second year manager now. Um, always enjoy the conversation with her for me. Not sure if you guys have spoken with her yet, but excited to have Rachel Balkovac on with us right now. Rachel, great to see you. How you doing? Are, are you in Tampa right now or is your team on the road? No, we're in Tampa. Yeah, so nice. we're home. Great. Great to see you. How's everything going so far this season? Oh, uh, it's season, you know, it's, um, it's exhausting. I'm tired. <laughs> I think we're all a little tired and hot now, but, uh, overall got a little bit of a slow start, but we're, we're starting to turn around and it's just a good vibe in the clubhouse. You got sleep tips? Sleep t- Yeah. Well, I don't have a sleeping problem. So I, 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 a ball is sleepy all the time because you're always tired. You're on buses and but Tampa's nice. You guys have it made in Tampa. The facility's great, Because you right? commute everywhere. You guys play in Dunedin, Clearwater. You don't have to go anywhere. It's not like I was in Fort Myers. We had to go and spend the night in, like, the, the Roach Motels. So she's got it made <laughs> no, in Tampa. She's in her yeah. own bed every night. No, this league is easy for the players. And when you're a coach, you still don't sleep that much. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, not, not, not to take it away from the players. You know, they're tired, too, from playing. But also, uh, obviously, our work happens before and after the day. So we're uh, we have long hours and just um, – so yeah, but you're right. This league is incredibly easy. So we're we're fortunate that way. And plus, right. you're playing Legends Field. It's not like you guys are playing in Clinton, Iowa. I mean, you guys you guys have big league stadiums. I mean, I feel so bad for these kids and these coaches. You know, oh, the Florida State League was the greatest league in the world. You had no bu- the longest bus ride was like three hours. And and I mean, you're playing in big league spring training stadiums. They're so nice now. You also love Florida more than anyone well, on the point. planet. But that's true. Yeah, you. I think you should come talk Florida. to the players because they're complaining about being tired. I'm like, guys. Just wait until you're on the bus overnight for 12 hours because um, <laughs> the Texas League, like I was in the Texas League in 2018, and that was just brutal, brutal. So we're uh, we're doing fine. Uh, the players are definitely getting all their sleep. The coaches get no sleep like normal, but that's that's normal. Tell me, tell me your schedule. Tell everybody your schedule because I tried to hook this interview up like a long time ago because I think you're like <laughs> – I think you are transcendent in this game. We'll get to all that. But, like, you are an absolute workhorse. And so tell us your schedule to figure out how lucky we are to actually have you on this show. Uh, I mean, during the week, it's just a it's a blur because of, you know, as you guys know, obviously you've been around for a long time, but the game has switched to, I think, used to be a little bit more, okay, show up, roll out the balls, we practice, we go home. But obviously there's a ton of work to be done for coaches before the day, after the day, uh, mostly with video. So I'm, I'm usually, I don't know, I'm up around 7.38. I go train myself, go work out myself. And then I'm pretty much at the park or, or at home doing some kind of video review or work uh, starting around 10.30 latest. Um, and then like as a manager, you know, I'm my door's open. And so at noon, there's a stream of people walking in and out and players that want to talk and whatever, which is great. Um, but but I got to have all my work done before then. So, um, but yeah, so it's pretty much like nonstop. And then we, thankfully, again, you guys, um, you didn't have to deal with this, but we have a month where you didn't get this opportunity, but we have Mondays off. So I get a little bit of a catch-up day. So that's, that's the day that's today. So um, I get a little bit of a catch-up day, but there's just so much, there's a lot of video, there's a lot of notes and, and um, assessments to be done pre and post day for the coaches. So that's kind of the schedule. Okay. Yeah, you yeah. get Monday, you get every Monday off, right? So nice. Sunday night, Sunday night is party time. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sunday night is 
again, video review, <laughs> prepping for the next series and uh, getting stuff done. But again, we didn't used to have the Monday off. So this is, it always feels like a, feels like a nice weekend for us. Okay. That's nice. Where do you guys play tomorrow? Or where, where, where's your game? No, at excuse home? me. We're at, we're not at home. We're still in Tampa. We're in Clearwater. So it's just really a oh. short drive down the road. Yeah. See, once again, that short drive. So nice. Easy. So nice. What's your, don't get, I don't want you to give away any Yankee secrets here, but what's the <laughs> one thing that you look for when you see a player, when they send you a player, they say, here's your roster for 2023. What's the one thing you're looking at to say, okay, this guy has to have this to go to the next level. Position player, I'm assuming. Or pitcher. You can, give us, you can give us all, uh, you can give us all the Yankee secrets. We won't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, <clears throat> Then you'll see me fired like tomorrow. Like I'm not. No, we don't. We don't want. We definitely don't want that. <laughs> no. No, I, I would say like you know this is so cliche, but the number one thing would be like aptitude and and willingness to learn. Um, just because anymore. So obviously, like it used to be where I think that the conversation was very much the biggest jump is from low A to or high A to double A, right? Like those are the boys to the men, right? And now because you've cut out two levels of rookie league, it's like they go straight from a lot of our Latin American players, right? They go straight from the DR, they come over, they have one year of complex league and then they go to low A and they're facing like, we're facing a ton of rosters with like all college dudes. Like, oh, that shortstop started at Tennessee and that guy was at Texas State and that guy. And they're just older and, and more mature and more experienced. And so it's a huge learning curve and these guys might have tools, you know, and they've, they've, got, they've got power or they've got speed or, you know, they've got, they've got a glove or whatever it is, but you still have to be thinking, you know, and so I think that this is so cliche, but it's it's the intangibles. It's like the biggest thing, um, assuming that you have some level of talent, which if you're, you know, you get to a full season affiliate, like they do have some level of talent and their ability to learn um, and learn quick is probably the biggest factor for guys moving up the levels. Have you advanced anybody that hasn't had that? Have you been, and I know it's not ultimately up to you, but like they're taking your reports. They're taking the scout, you know, the player development reports and like, wow, this guy is just too physically gifted for this level, but his aptitude isn't quite there yet. Yes. Yeah. But what, which happens less and less as they go up the levels, right? Like your talent is going to take you so far. And if you're uber talented or you hit the ball 120 and you can make contact sometimes, okay, maybe you'll make it to the higher levels, but it happens less and less because the competition gets better. So at some point you have to have some kind of aptitude to learn and apply your skills. Um, but yeah, that, that, that happens, especially at our level, because your talent will carry you past a certain point, but as soon, as soon as like moving gets a little better on pitches or, you know, from pitching standpoint, the hitters get a little bit better, they get more disciplined, right? So they're not swinging at all the shape, the stuff that you're throwing, you know? You so I think it's, it'll carry you to a certain point. And yeah, at our level at low A, yeah, okay. Like, you could have a bunch of talent or be really toolsy and still make it to high A, make it to double A, but at some point that's going to run out. You can say it. You can, you can say, say bad it. words. It's okay. This one's digital. Yeah, we're not on linear TV, so you're good. Yeah, I'm still – I this clubhouse speak, as, as you all know, so. No, that's why we're here. Like, literally, one of our catchphrases is, the world is our clubhouse. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We want people to just talk how they would normally talk. I'm with you. Go ahead, Kratzy. No, so take us into that clubhouse. Take us into, and it makes me laugh because, I mean, this is just completely just me being an idiot, but the Tampa Tarpons, when they came out, I honestly thought it said the Tampa Tampons. 
I and know. And have you, you ever and made like a million mistake? other people, like of all the teams, you know, you're just like, shit, like, like cash called me and I'm like, could you just have put me with a different team or like what, you know, it's like anyone else except for this, like Tarpons, it's just too easy, you know? It is, it is too easy, but take us into that clubhouse. Take us into what kind of culture you as a manager want that team to have. Because in, in sometimes in the big leagues, it's not quite your, you know, it's maybe the superstars culture. What kind of culture do you want to have for those boys that are coming from so many different walks of life and everything? So, um, yeah, it's, that's a great question. So there's like, there's a, for me, it's a, I would say a 50, 50, like blend. Right. So these guys are so young in their careers and they don't know how young they are. They don't know how, you know, like this is still low a it's, it's not like, there's still many checkpoints for them to pass. And, but when they get here, like I said, right, they're coming from the complex and now this feels like, and they're playing at like, like you said, legends feel like they're playing they're playing at GMS. They're, they're playing in this great stadium and they're traveling around to all these other major league stadiums and they feel like they've made it. Um, and so it's just a reality check that you have to give them as a coach. Um, and all of our coaches collectively, like the, the best gift that I can give them is keeping them accountable to say to what they say they want to do, um, which is to get better and to achieve their dreams, whether that's, you know, in a micro level, that's moving up one level, but also getting the big leagues. And so it's like, what's my style or what's the culture? It's just like high accountability. Like I don't, I don't let them get away with a lot, honestly. Um, but at the same time, like we've got a pickleball court in our clubhouse. We've got a ping pong table in our clubhouse. We've got loud music at all times. We have, we have fun, um, but not at the expense of getting stuff done. So I think that it's high accountability, but also hopefully there's, there's opportunities for them to, okay, relax, have fun, enjoy themselves with their teammates. Um, but at the same time, like they've just got a long ways to go, you know? So you got to make them shave all the time. Yeah. Is that a pain <laughs> in the butt? Um, no, they just, you know, they do it. Like, I don't really have to say much to them usually, you know, but if I ever do, I'm like, Hey, like, do you play for the Yankees? And, and you know, and they always fall for it. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, Oh, I just thought you play for the Diamondbacks Cause you got a bunch of shit on your face. <laughs> you know that's a great line but uh you gotta but they, tell but they, they're, that they're good about it it's just it's the yankees <laughs> culture so it's not i'm not driving that obviously it's what the whole the expectation is for everyone so it's an easy sell that's a great line though because we had canley on right before and he said you know occasionally uh boone will say to one of the guys like hey maybe a little too much just go get rid of that right now so he's i don't know that's that is the line oh you play for the yanks <laughs> yeah shave yeah. your face shave your face i like it. yeah i usually am like yeah you can be you can be with the a's on on monday when you're not at the field and as soon as you walk into the field you play for the yankees so it's like yep. you know they they're pretty good about it though i like that okay so rachel i want to get into your story of course um with with these guys sitting near me i interviewed you um actually briefly at the futures game which there's a story to that that they would like but um last year and we spoke about the groundbreaking that you're doing in the sport, um, what you want to do. There, there's actually a lot, even, you know, aspirations of, of what you want to do next in baseball, which I thought that was just as fascinating as well as some of the answers that, that you gave me in our conversation. So uh, first off, just wanted to get your state of the game as far as 
female participation and opportunities for women in sports? My take is, are you asking for my hot take? Yeah, like where we're at. I mean, I asked you about it a year ago. So like at, the more that you're in this game, I wanted to get your, your sense of like, do you feel like, like the big picture, we're evolving. We are getting, there are going to be more Rachel Balkovec stories, more Kim Ang stories in this game. Do you feel like progress is being made? Um, you know, there aren't going to be many Kimming stories anymore, you know, because Kim has spent 30 years in the game earning that spot, you know? And so, and she was like, so under the radar. I mean, she was, she was a, a rogue hire in the early two thousands by the Yankees, you know? Um, so there aren't many Kimming stories. Like she was so under the radar for a long time and had to claw her way. There's no way when she first started that she would even be considered for a general manager position. Um, and same thing with me is like, there aren't any, there aren't going to be any my, my stories, you know, so there aren't going to be any stories where I had to change my name, my resume just to get a damn phone interview, you know, so there's, there's not going to be any of that, which is positive. And also um, I'm a big, like, I'm a, I'm a realist about things. Like there are people being um, brought into the game who have no experience, you know, and so who are asking, to, who are being asked to be a part of the game, who, um, have maybe not had the experience to prepare them to be successful in the role or to prepare them to just stick around and keep their jobs, you know? And so um, just like with anything, I think that the pendulum has swung very far. And where I used to say, you know, when young women would ask me uh, for advice, I used to say, you know, you're going to have to work harder than everybody. You're going to have be willing to work for free, go anywhere in the world, get all the experience that you can. Like you're going to be able to scratch and claw your way into the game um, and now I have to literally counsel them and say, hey, you are going to get recruited. You're going to get a job like you put your resume in. They're going to move it to the very top of the pile. You'll get an interview. You are going to get a job. But it's a matter of how good you're going to be when you get there. So make sure you do the internships, maybe do a college gig first, like try to try to get your feet wet with some experience before you enter professional baseball where, you know, the expectations are a little bit higher um, and you're working with higher level players in some instances. And so. Um, it, the pendulum has swung. And I think that there's, that what I will say now is there's definitely opportunity. And I think that's a positive thing. Um, if the most qualified person gets the job. Yeah. But is it enough? Like I feel, I hear your, I hear your angst and I know from talking to you, like how, how much you care for these guys and what, you know, your knowledge is through the roof. <laughs> But is it enough? Like, are we are we not doing enough? Like, pop off about it. Like, tell tell us what what you think needs to be done. Are we not doing enough for what? Are are we not doing enough in in baseball? Because like like I, I go back to your story of you kind of mentioned it about your resume. Mm -hmm. Tell us your story about your resume. How you had done all these things, and yet you, I'll let y'all. I'll let you say you you tell a story because I think it's a fascinating story about your resume, how you changed, how you had to change it. Yeah. I'll tell I'll tell the short version because it would take me like six hours, but basically I was, um, <laughs> this was 2010. I was at LSU as a graduate assistant strength and conditioning coach. And I wanted to get into professional baseball. I'll never forget the day that, um, I was looking for jobs online for professional baseball. And I, there were, there were no women's names, like anywhere, anywhere. I was like Googling all this stuff. And I was just like, man, where are all the way? I was so naive, so naive. And I walked into my boss's office, who was a, who happened to be a woman at LSU. She was the um, co-director of strength and conditioning. And 
I said, Mel, I said, you know, uh, are there any women working in professional baseball as strength coaches? And she, she just laughed at me. She was like, there are no women working in any professional sports as a strength coach. Like, what are you saying? I was so naive. So, and again, being naive, I was like, oh, hmm, okay. And I just went back to it and I started applying just like, oh, well, why wouldn't they hire me? Right. I'm at LSU. I'm working with baseball and softball. I'd already done some internships leading up to that point. Um, and I had a little bit of an issue, like not issue, but I, you know, I had a little trouble, but as a young person, you just think, you know, you have to work to get the job. So I kept applying and applying. And so the Cardinals actually reached out to LSU, uh, football strength and conditioning and, and asked for somebody who would want to be an intern. And they said, well, you know, we've got this great person catcher in college, like all this, you know, whatever. Um, and it's a, she, like, what do you think? And the Cardinals took a leap of faith and hired me as an intern. So I got to do that. And then I decided to go back to school. It's kind of a long story. But basically, I got out of the Cardinals internship, which internships end. So it was over. They were like, yeah, we'll call you in five months if we have anything. So you can't rest your rest on your laurels there. So I went and um, basically decided to go back to school, moved to Phoenix. And I applied for like, I, I believe it was 12, something like that. 12 jobs the following spring and, and got crickets. But again, I was thinking, oh, you know, well, it's hard to get a job in professional baseball. And so then finally, long story short, an organization called me that spring and said, hey, you know, are you still available? Someone quit in spring training. And you know, spring training is crazy. So they were like desperate. They're like, woman, I don't care. Hire me. <laughs> get somebody in here. So he wanted to hire me, but basically ended up, long story short, calling me back after several weeks and um, just saying like, hey, I just wanna let you know what you're up against. I really wanna hire you, but um, our administration just said that we're not gonna hire a woman. And that was kind of the first time that I was brought off of my, away from my naivete. And then he also said, he was like, I've got more bad news. Um, I actually called around to 10 other organizations that I know um, have positions posted and they are also not willing to hire a woman. And it was like this moment of truth where I had to go, okay, well, either I'm going to essentially give up and go work for women's sports. Cause that's what the normal is. Right. Or I just, I'm going to keep my putting my head down. So then at that point I picked up another internship with Arizona state baseball um, and softball working for them for free. And then long story short, again, the Chicago White Sox actually uh, gave me an internship to work with their fall league, which was, um, babysitting for free. And then uh, the Cardinals hired me back full time. But in the midst of that, I was so desperate that I turned my name from Rachel to Ray on my resume just to get a phone call because I figured people were basically seeing my name and not even calling me. So I changed my name from Rachel to Ray. I changed um, NCAA Division I softball catcher to just NCAA Division I catcher um, and just made everything gender neutral. And I did get a phone call, which turned into a really awkward phone call very quickly once he found out that I was a woman. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, very shortly after that, I kind of felt bad because I was technically lying on my resume and I switched it back. But all that to say, wasn't really fruitful, but I was so desperate that I felt like that was the only way to get a look for my resume. And times have changed. <laughs> times have really changed since then. So I'm not saying either is good, but um, I think the original question that led me down this long path of talking about my journey was, um, are we doing enough? I think MLB is doing a phenomenal job of creating opportunities. I think MLB is doing a phenomenal job of getting uh, women's resumes in front of the right people with teams. Um, I think that we might have gone at this point a little too far. I, and I, I'm OK saying that publicly of just saying, you know, I talked to many women and they go, 
well, how can I possibly get into the game? I'm like, well, did you apply? And they're like, oh, no. I'm like, well, if you don't apply and you're not applying yourself, then I can't help you. But I think the pendulum has swung so far that, um, you know, we might be inviting people in that maybe aren't ready for the opportunity. However, there's plenty of, of great candidates that have been accepted into jobs as well. So um, now I've gone on a, a long tangent, but I think we're, we've covered quite a bit there. No, that's great. No, you're that's exactly that's that's the story I wanted to hear because I, I love that story. Are we able to see you in a big league uniform as a manager in the next five years? Uh, oh, no. Ten? Straight up. No, you'll see me hopefully as a general manager in the next 10 years. Ooh, <laughs> but, uh, no, my, my goals are my goals definitely will probably leave me at the front office sooner rather than later. But um, the managing role, to be honest with you, is probably because the I think um, we're just at a we're at a turning point or we're just in the middle of, uh, as you all know, like this big tech explosion, like anywhere from five to seven years ago, I guess. Um, and that's invited different candidates into the game who are from different backgrounds and managing where, as you know, as you all know, managing used to be the strategic, I'm writing the lineup and I'm doing the matchups and I'm doing this. And like, now there's a lot more based around pitch counts. Like I don't have a lot to do with what pitchers coming in the game because they're all in pitch counts. Right. And that's not, that's not a secret. Um, the, the role of the manager has changed significantly since, you know, a lot of it's based on playing time or pitch counts or whatever it might be. And so they wanted somebody with more of a coaching background to be in the manager role. And I think that is, is fine for me and it's fine for what the Yankees need at this time. Um, I don't know if that will lead me down the path of being a major league manager, manager. And frankly, I think there are just other people who are better suited for that role at this point, although that could change. Um, and I think that also my aspirations are, are going to lead me into the front office at some point. So you'd rather be a general manager than a manager. So yeah. That's smart. I, it, exactly. That's smart. Because I they have all the power now. It used to be the other way around. Now the GMs tell the managers what to do. And they're like, yeah, hey, you're not going to play your guy? Guess what? We'll find someone that will see you. You got smart. it, AJ. Well, well played. I mean, the manager, well trust me, I don't want to take it away from anyone. And I know like just how impactful like Boone is. You know, it's just like they're, it's a really impactful, critical role. Um, and also uh, cash gets the players, you know, or how you could say like the, the owner and the GM are, are, you know, pulling the strings um, and giving you the players and telling you what to do a lot of times. Although again, that, that changes so much from organization to organization, but uh, the way that I see it, I want to be the head coach. And I think that the head coach in many cases is more the general manager than it is the manager. Have you, what's the last conversation you've had with Kim Ang? Oh, I mean, it's been a while. Kim and I met originally at the winter meetings, I think in 2017. Um, but we both went a bit a little busy, a little busy since then. So yeah. I think yeah. I ran into her at winter meetings last year for like five seconds, but I haven't I haven't talked to her in quite a while. Would you be curious to quiz her on how you know her experience has gone? I mean, obviously, especially this year from a performance basis, the Marlins look good right now. And I will yeah. say, I mean, when you come in as a front office member to take over, right? As she has as the GM and, and you were kind of like transitioning and then um, replacing a regime, right? Where before that, I mean, it included, Derek was a big part of, of the last organization and that run there. She's now putting her stamp on the organization and you're seeing it really work out. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously when you take the role as a general manager, you're given like, what would you say 
two or three years to make some significant change at the major league level with winning just straight up. And so obviously they're, they're looking pretty good. And um, I know that they've also made some moves like behind the scene with hiring Oz Campo, who's somebody who I worked with, with the Astros and who's a really talented um, person to have around. And so I think that, you know, it's just interesting to watch organizations evolve. I, I watch organizations change and evolve in some way, in the same way that some people, some people watch like the team, you know, the actual like, playing the game and I'm watching like, Oh, the minor league levels, you know, who are they hiring as their coordinators? Who are they hiring um, to do Latin, Latin American operations? Like it's such a, as you all know, it's like it's the, the major league team and what's going on is the tip of the iceberg for a lot of other things that are happening. Um, and that's what I think is so interesting about professional baseball specifically. Do you feel like, like when you meet, when you're a player and you meet a Canadian player, people are like, Oh, I know this guy I played from him. He's from Canada. Like, do you feel like every woman in baseball, people are like, oh, you know, Janie, right? Like, no, I don't know. Like, do you get that a lot? Literally exactly like that. Uh, but it used to, it actually used to be like, oh, yeah, there's like three of us. So I do know her. And now it's it's so many that I, I really haven't met all of them. That's a good, that's see, a that, good sign. That is a good sign. That that's a part, good sign. Right? That's a good step. I don't think I don't have any doubt that there are opportunities for women now. There's no shortage of opportunities. Yeah. I will say there's no shortage of opportunities for women to interview now. Like your your name is going to go at the top of the pile, likely. Um, and again, that's there's just like anything else that brings a lot of positive and opportunities for people who um, have worked to get them and opportunities for people who deserve them. And that also brings in some situations where maybe they get opportunities before they're ready. And so I think you guys keep saying, oh, that's great. And it is great. It's great that people aren't being discriminated against as much. You know, I don't want to, again, I don't want to assume anyone's situation. Um, it's, it is great that people aren't facing the same discrimination that I faced or, or that Kim likely faced um, on her route or Gene Afterman, you know, um, or Raquel, like the, the, I call them the three queens. You know, they've been around for 30 years. So I can't even imagine what their experience was like getting into the game. Um, so it's great. It is really great that people aren't facing the same level of discrimination that I faced. That's great. Last thing I want to ask you is when, when we spoke last year, I was like, are you, I, I kind of phrase it like, are you sick of, you know, having to talk about it and be one of the faces of a change in baseball where the resume doesn't have to get changed to a male on it for you to get an opportunity are you sick of talking about it? Or I remember last year you were like, oh, hell no. I want everyone to know about what I went through, you know, what, where we should be as a game. Do you, do you feel the same way? Um, I don't, it's, I don't have an option, you know, like, I don't think I can't turn that down to talk about it. You know, I don't, I definitely don't want to put myself in the same category as this person, but I just don't think like Jackie Robinson didn't have a choice. Like when you sign on the dotted line to do something like that, or, for me personally, like this, like it's part of the responsibility that you accept when you accept a role like that. You know, it's just, it's not something that I can just be like, I don't feel like it, you know, like, eh, yeah. I don't feel like it, you know, it's just, it's part of the job. And um, it's, it's a, it's a blessing. Like it's not, it's a responsibility. It's a blessing. I know like Billie Jean King always says pressure is a privilege. Like you get put in this situation, you better handle it right. And you better be willing to speak up. You better be willing to, do interviews on your off day when you wouldn't need to do work or whatever, whatever it is. Like you don't get to say no um, for me personally. Well, it's not like a clubhouse post game and you know, players like, eh, I don't want to talk. Someone else will do it. Like 
So not You're many people that can relate with what yeah. you went through, right? So yeah, yeah. I, I like it. Uh, appreciate it. Always great to catch up with you, Rachel. Keep kicking ass there. And uh, AJ, any, any Florida tips yeah. for dealing with 95 degrees She's every day? She's used to it by now. She's used to it. <laughs> She's used to it. Just Get stay hydrated. Hydrate the night before for tomorrow. <laughs> Get out of yeah. here. No. Hey, by the way, when you become a GM, yes, I will be your manager. So thank you. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll accept your resume and I'll, I'll look it over. So we'll, okay. we'll talk I'll make about sure it. I put my correct name on it too. You want to manage? Yeah. Why not? Okay. She'll, get, she'll hire me. Why not? How would I say, like plug. she said, I can't say no to that. <laughs> you know what the problem is with him is, are you going to listen? Yes, I listen. You're going to listen? you. I listen to people that tell but the truth. You're going to listen to the front office? Yes. Okay. <laughs> His face got so red. I will Pinocchio listen. I will listen. It doesn't mean I'll do it, but I'll listen. He can't. He, he's very red. <laughs> right as, long, as long as we have a, <laughs> as long as we have a mature conversation, mm-hmm. it is it, exp, it is explained to me properly why she wants to do the job and why she wants to make the lineup the way she does. Yep. Then I'll only argue a little bit. <laughs> hey, it's just like the movie. Like if you want to play someone that I don't, I'll just trade him. Oh. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah. See, there you have it. I would sign up to just just to be in the in the room for that. I would love just to because, hear these conversations. Just because you like to argue and I don't doesn't mean that I like you to argue. love to argue. You, you're <laughs> <laughs> Rachel. Great to talk to yes. you. It, it, enjoy the day and and keep kicking ass. All right, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Thank Rachel. you, Rachel Bachebeck in the Yanks org, coaching Tampa. Ray, I'm not, just Ray. It's Ray now. What Ray? You're giving her a nickname? Well, she nicknamed herself when she did it on her resume. She was Ray. Oh, right, right. Ray, yes. like in uh, Star Wars, Ray. Time to swing for the fences on BetMGM, a new MLB free-to-play game for sweet prizes. Here's how to make it happen. Log into the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android. Play the BetMGM MLB free-to-play game until September 7th, 2023. Be a batter and pick an area of the strike zone, depending on the area of the zone you pick you will get a single, double, triple home run or pop out and receive the prize associated with that type of hit. You can play once per day. Prizing must be used on MLB and expires in 24 hours. Always bet responsibly. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.